Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. All right, everybody, I've got a great show for you this week. Three interviews lined up. We'll get to those in just a minute. But first, I want to review a couple of things, and I want to touch base about last week's show. First of all, I did go to Del Vecchio's, just like I told Joe Scully I would do. and uh, Or I didn't go there. My sister and brother-in-law had a pizza delivered to my house for hockey night. Every Saturday in my house is a, is hockey night. And we have family over if I if they can do it. And we usually get some food. And this time we got pizza from Del Vecchio's. And it was great. We all ate the crap out of it. I ate it for days. They bought way too much. We got a cheese pizza. And then they got some sort of crazy pizza that had too many too many things on it for me. I'm, I'm not a loaded up kind of a pizza guy. Most of the time, you guys know I love Drew Peterson's specialty pizzas. But this was like meat, 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 veggie, veggie, veggie. Lots of, you know what? It was there was lots of raw ish onions and peppers, and I, I don't really do that. So, they, my sister and brother in law, though, they ate the crap out of that and they loved it. Uh, they know me well, they brought me a cheese pizza, and I loved it, man. It was uh, the sauce was really good, and as I said, I ate it for days. Uh, the pizza sauce, that is. And I uh, also want to say, catching up on last week. That I did plant some radishes in the ground, like Joe Scully, like I promised Joe Scully I would. So I'll keep you guys posted on my radish crop as it comes in. And then finally, I want to uh, apologize for the audio last week. Uh, I had a very hard time working with some of the outdoor audio. I need to get a, a little thing for my phone. I use my phone to record that stuff and it's usually really good, but outdoors when the wind blows, it's pretty bad. And so I do apologize that it was terrible. Well, all right, now let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the whole food scene. I have Chef Jamie Wade from Sand Hill Kitchen. Hey Jamie, how you doing today? Hi, I'm doing all right today. Thank you. All the restaurant people answer the same way. I'm doing all right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I had a topic that I was going to get to with you in a a few topics, but let's just cut to the chase, man. You got your Instagram account hacked. Yes, I did. A drag. It's a real drag, and it has. Uh, it's really kind of escalated. It's been a long couple of days since it happened. Um, and uh, do you want me to just tell you the story? How yeah, go for it. Okay, so I mean, it's my fault that it happened because I Uh-oh. clicked on a link that I shouldn't have clicked on, and uh, it was. Uh, you know, one of those stupid, uh, you know, lapse in judgment, whatever. And it, I really thought it was from someone that I know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I clicked on it and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And my um, Instagram 
immediately just, I started getting all these messages that there was all these uh, new um, accounts being added to my Instagram, just like immediately. And I was trying to, you know, change my password and I couldn't, and I couldn't get into anything. And, you know, I thought I kind of had it under control and I went to bed and then I woke up the next day, which I think, I guess it was Tuesday. And it was just, uh, I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. So then, I don't know, later that day, I started getting um, messages from people that like, like your Instagram, it's posting the uh, Bitcoin and all that stuff on my site. And I was still like, I was still able to access my site at that time. And then um, that afternoon, I started getting messages like I totally couldn't get in it by the afternoon. And then I got a message from Sand Hill Kitchen Instagram sent to my personal Instagram. And it just said, yo. And I was like, okay. So the person, whoever did it, they were contacting me directly. And they, they were like, do you want it back? I was like, of course I want it back. And he's like, or she, I don't know. They were sending me a, uh things like send me the code send me the code and I like I was supposed to be receiving a code but um I couldn't log in they had changed my password my telephone number mm. they had done the two-factor authentication whatever that is yeah and they, so they had all the codes and so Instagram you know has zero humans to contact there and so there was no way that I could get through and I kept doing like this facial recognition and it said that didn't recognize my face from photographs on my Instagram. And then I got another message from the person and he, they were like, uh, keep trying. So they were seeing everything I was doing. And so then they just started messing with me. And finally I was like, what do you want? You know? And they said, go buy me these gift cards and you know, hundred dollars. And I was thinking, well, hundred dollars to get my Instagram back. It's not that bad considering, you know, it means a lot to my business. Like we have a lot of followers and we communicate daily with our customers. And mm-hmm. so then, you know, my daughter, of course, she's like, don't do it. Mom. <laughs> you know, cause, and, and then like, I, I really went there and I was just like, I'll just do it. And then, you know, the, the screen at CVS comes up and it says, don't do this. Don't if it says when you're trying to check out, if someone is holding your account hostage for game cards, don't buy them and call. Really? Them. Yeah. So I called the cashier guy over and I said, is I said, this is exactly what's happening. And then, so he just took the cards away from me. He's like, no old lady, don't do that. Go, you know, call the sheriff. So I called the sheriff's department and they directed me. They said, there's nothing they could do, which wasn't a surprise, but they, um, directed me to a FBI cyber crimes unit where I just went online and reported what had happened. And then um, that was that. So I have no control whatsoever of my Instagram and the, the message they sent out the message yesterday to like all 3,600 of my followers at the same time. Mm. And so immediately like my phone was blowing up my, yeah my phone at the restaurant, you know, I'm getting messages and like, it was a very long 
day. And it really sucks to be like, well, it's because I clicked a link I shouldn't have. Uh, and then so uh, people were getting the same link from Taco Saliscos. Yes. So I went over to Taco Saliscos and I spoke to Adriana who runs their uh, social media and the exact same thing, exact same thing happened to her, except that the, the hackers never contacted her personally, like they did me. Hmm. But um she clicked on the same link. She did the same thing. And she hasn't been in her uh, Instagram since January. And she has no Ooh. way to get, and there's no recourse. There's nothing. There's no way to get through. Yeah. And it's very frustrating. And it's incredibly really, frustrating. Oh it's my God, terrible. Jane. And it really feels like somebody's stolen something that you oh, created. You know, it's like they did. It's a lot of history. You know, like I love to scroll down our Instagram because we have, you know, artists that do great chalkboards for us and it's a history because mm-hmm. we post every every day that we're open right and it's also a way you know i communicate with my customers they're always messaging me on there and you know it's just gone it yeah. sucks. um do you can you still look at it no i can't oh. because um i didn't follow it like i jamie wade never followed it okay and um so a i little. can't I guess it's blocked. Oh, and also I blocked it, you know, sure. like the person like kept harassing me. And then I was like, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, get your game cards and I'm not going to do this. And I give them a good mom lecture about getting your life together and all that. And, and then like, they were telling me, Oh, you're messing with your life. You your life will be in ruins now. And I was like, well, how do you know that my life isn't already in ruins? You know, like, uh-huh. And why are you doing this? What's the point of this? And, um, oh, you'll soon find out I'm going to sell your information. And it is just a lot of harassment. So I blocked it. So I ended up, you know, blocking my own account. Mm-hmm. So my daughter could still see it and we looked at it, but then I decided I wanted her to block it, you know, too, mm-hmm. because, um, yesterday, then I would, I had posted on my personal Instagram about like, you know, my business got hacked. So if you see this and, um, the person messaged me via a t- Taco Saliscos. Um, they private messaged me and it's like it came from Taco Saliscos, but it was a screenshot of my story that I posted yesterday. And then it says, just keep posting. Laugh, laugh, laugh. So it's the same deal. The Taco Saliscos and Sand Hill Kitchen are in the same boat, both the same organization or kid or whatever whoever it's making me feel sick to my stomach jamie like for yeah, real like what a complete violation yeah um, and when they messaged me yesterday and... like that like every hair on my body stood on and i was i was i can't believe this i just can't believe it and i should believe it because i know it happens all the time i'm trying not to beat myself up over doing something that i knew better you know than to hit that link but now it's in the inbox of all my followers and all of adriana's followers and who knows who else you know yeah i got both of them in my inbox and Mm. i got the one from jalisco and i was like that's weird i wonder if they got hacked and then i got oh yeah yeah so you should block them too you know there's i hate to say it i think i did but i'll make sure i do yeah Mm. i had to block your page by your recommendation Mm. you've had to warn everybody and um let me ask you, this is uh, an important question. I feel like what was the the thing that you clicked on? What It was the exact same thing you saw today. So somebody else's yeah. account got hacked and it was somebody you yeah. knew. 
Yeah. And then when Adriana clicked on it, it was the same message. And she thought it was a friend sending it to her. And she and I are friendly, you know, and I thought, oh, Adriana wants me to click this thing. Right. And let me just say that it is a little message that says I am contesting to be in to be an influence brand ambassador will you support me to be a brand ambassador click this link recommend me Mm -hmm. and then you might get a little follow-up email from that please support me yeah and and then when they when you're dumb enough to do it or not dumb enough but when you when you do it they 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 ask for your phone number mm -hmm. and then and then you're screwed. So don't just don't do any of it. And like, if any of, um, you know, any of our followers get this and they still have that sitting in their inbox, I would ask like to report it and block it. And we're going to yeah. make a new Instagram page here in a couple of days. Yeah. And yeah, just to reiterate something we all know, but we all have moments of vulnerability and these folks are more and more clever at getting at us. Don't click on anything without mm-hmm. double checking. I mean, I knew it was a scam, but I still wrote to you, which as soon as you, like wrote you a note that said, is this for real? And before I even sent the screenshot, you wrote back and said, no, I've been hacked. Yeah. And well, so I'm sorry to be one of thousands. Been, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. I'm of sure people. that was irritating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so, wow. What a. I almost dropped an F-bomb for you there, Jamie. I can't do that because this goes on the radio. But that is a real horrifying story. Um, I didn't expect it to be so personal. Like, I thought maybe bots did this kind of thing or no. nameless, faceless Mm-mm. people overseas or whatever. I don't yeah. know. But it and then, was you know, they're like, They're like, you have 40 minutes to go buy me these cards. And then right at 40 minutes, starts at 40 minutes are up, 40 minutes are up. Your life is about to be in ruins, you know. And one of the pictures that they put up with the Bitcoin stuff was a picture of my sister from my personal Instagram page. But I didn't put it together then that they were in there. Mm. But yeah, so I mean, they might still be in there. Not if you blocked them. I blocked the Tacos Aliscos where they were coming yeah, in from, so i don't know if they're in who there knows how many other form. accounts right you know? i don't so. have a lot of followers on that so i just made it private i just might turn it off for a while i don't really use it that much anyways okay and what about are you even it's probably too soon but are you considering starting a new sandhill kitchen instagram page yeah yeah i'm going to i know that i'm gonna um, lock it down a lot better like i didn't have the two-factor entry set up on this one okay neither do i i'm gonna set and, that up and that's They're constantly they, bugging me to do it yeah you should do it because that's how they locked me out i think because they did it because they did that and i didn't have it set up and so they did it and then when i go to to even file a complaint with instagram i have to have the information <sighs> even though right. you know the email so try it's like try another way try another way okay enter the codes you got when you set up the two factor uh, and i don't have those because they have those so i'm gonna do that immediately uh, yeah i mean that's a, a really good thing to do so. yeah well um <laughs> in some strange way i think that it's 
it's better that it was something you clicked on by accident than it just happened. Yeah. Because I didn't I didn't quite understand that an action was taken in order to make it happen. And I, I've never really understood how accounts get hacked. Yeah. I always know not to click on links. And I'm sure I have clicked on a dicey link here and there. So mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that my accounts haven't been hacked. Yeah. But um this it just it was so fast. It was just crazy. And it is a human being attached to the other end of it. And it's malicious. It's yeah. not just a human being. It's somebody with yeah. a real problem, yeah, a personal problem. Yeah, um, that person, I, that person sucks. What can I say? Sucks bad. Yeah, yeah, terrible. But you're a small business trying to make a go of it. Your Instagram page is a fun, lively page. It's where you get most of your social media juice. Like I'm still on old Facebook marm, but uh, you love your Instagram. And I get a lot more um, response and uh, views and and stuff with the Instagram than the Facebook. Yeah, well, so anybody listening, follow Jamie on Facebook for now. And uh, yeah, look- and we'll announce when we get the new page up. Yeah, and uh, Jamie, let's talk about um, life at the gas station. Anything interesting okay. going on? Well, uh, it's very very busy these busy. days. Good and. Um, yeah, I noticed that you were out and about trying breakfast. I thought I'd remind you that we have bowls of goodness and sausage gravy and burritos. And okay, thank you for the reminder. So that we can do two segments at once. What's new at the gas station and make me hungry. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's like, oh, I'll tell you something that's new at the gas station. It's the gas station itself has new management for a while now. Okay. And it is very clean inside. That guy who's running... The place doesn't take no jive and it's very clean in there. Cool. That's yeah. always the customers yeah. love to hear that. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very nice for us. And um, and so, yeah, now make me hungry. You got biscuits and gravy up there. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah. Me? Yeah. We, you know, we make our own uh, gravy, I mean, our own sausage. And um, I just made some about a half hour ago and it's, uh, yeah, we had it's pretty classic biscuits and gravy. We have bowls of goodness, so we, you can get that with deep fried grit cakes and some of our homemade sausage and eggs and pico de gallo. And um, we have chicken biscuits with Cajun honey. Dang. And Saturdays we do a breakfast special. Um, we only do breakfast Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. But on Saturdays we do a special. Tomorrow I made I made some mushroom and country ham quiche. Dang, I love quiche. Yeah. I'm a quiche fan from way yeah. back in the 70s. Four pieces. So I can go Well, you did it. I'm hungry. Now I'm really hungry. <laughs> um, well, I'll have to get old Rick Crillia or somebody like that to drive me over to the Sand Hill Kitchen. Maybe I can. Who is uh, Lucho is one of my good lunch partners. Maybe I can come over or yeah. breakfast, yeah. breakfast partner. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the year of the breakfast for me, Jamie. Yeah. So I want to definitely yeah. make you part of that. Sweet. <laughs> and we have chairs now too. I don't know if you knew that. We have, <laughs> we have tables and chairs are back. They've been back for a while. Only 12. I, I saw your post. We have chairs. And I just, that's the greatest <laughs> post I've seen in a long time. 
Everybody, <laughs> guess what? Good good news, everybody. We have chairs <laughs> and tables that oh, it, go together very with, nicely. Yeah, it came with some resistance from my crew because the takeout was, uh, you know, it was nice. But, you know, a lot of people of all ages come in. And so it's nice to not have to tell folks they have to go eat in their car. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice. I mean, today it was full standing room only. Every chair was taken for a few hours. So. I probably need more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the post. Got more <laughs> chairs, everybody. <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, one last thing. Do you have a, a restaurant or another chef or a piece of food or something that you want to shout out that you've eaten or seen lately? That well, last night, was the last, night before last, I went to Rendezvous. I'd never been there. Me neither. Tell it me. was delicious. Okay. It was my mother's birthday. Oh, and um, so my daughter had chicken cordon bleu. Ooh, I love that. One of my French. favorite dishes. Very good, yeah. She liked and it. We've been, uh, you know, we've been going to Tasty Diner when we can. It's good. Tasty. We love that, you know. Yeah. And um, we're also digging sawhorse mm. a lot for breakfast. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of right in your hood a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. I feel like 50% of the people I run into on the streets, like my friends and stuff, 50% of them tell me they just came from Tasty Diner. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but people are always, I'm like, what have you been up to? I just came from Tasty Diner. <laughs> um, all full and happy and ready for a nap. Yeah. Um, well, it's yeah. been a long time favorite of my daughter's and that. So we, now that it's back open, Steven's there, we we go f- not as much as we would probably like to, but we go. Yeah. I was such a huge yeah. fan of Oxbar and Tasty. I gave them both awards. And so mm-hmm. to see Stephen at Tasty is really nice. And to taste the flavors mm-hmm. of Oxbar is really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for the shout outs to them. And thanks for the cautionary tale. Yeah. And really a truly frightening story. I am so sorry to hear that must be so stressful on so many levels. I'm I'm yeah, just so sorry to hear it. It's been quite a week. Uh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it just sucks that there's folks out there that would do that, you know. Yeah, what a terrible way to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And uh and what 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 can we do? to support you on that level with your Instagram, what do you need from the public? Well, I think just uh, the best thing to do is if you get, if you get that message, report it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that hundreds of people reported it yesterday and nothing's happened, but maybe it would make a difference and then block the account, I suppose is the best thing to do. And then check out our Facebook because that is uh, unaffected. Okay. And, um, I know that Adriana said hers was never affected either. So hopefully it won't be. And then um, just hang out and uh, we'll keep posting our specials every day, just like we do. I always cross post them anyways, but they'll just be on Facebook for now. And then hopefully, you know, in a week or so when I'm not feeling so wounded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, again, send me a suggestion of what I should call it because I can't call it. Sandhill Kitchen. And there's a restaurant that's opened in California that is called The Sandhill Kitchen, mm. which is great because we get mobile orders for them. 
super fun. That's great. Can you see my cup? I can. What does it say? The Battle of the Burgers. Battle of the Burgers. I just saw Kelly Denson yesterday or two days ago. It was so nice to see her. Um, now we're just having a personal conversation on the radio, okay. um, which I do all the time. But uh, so <laughs> thanks again for coming on. I'm so sorry that happened. And uh, keep on rocking. You're obviously a Thank you. smashing success at what you do. Yeah. And for a very good reason, your food is awesome. I'll uh, get me, I'll get Lucho and me out there to have some breakfast. Cool. cool. Well, thanks for having me on. Let me, uh, you know, I didn't say any bad words. You were very good, Jamie. No, you did a public service just now to anybody who hears this. Yeah. Well, think twice before you click those things. Think four (laughs) times, you know. Think think twice before you click those mice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, I'm here in West Asheville on Haywood Ave. I'm technically not on Haywood Ave. I'm on State Street. You are. Nothing happens on State Street. I know. (laughs) Now something's happening on State Street. I'm here with April Moon Harper, co-owner, along with her mom, of Sunny Point, the famous Sunny Point restaurant. And you've opened a brand new place called Rabbit Hole. Can you tell us about it, April? Yeah, we're doing a lot of our baking for the restaurant over here, but also... Some of our old-time favorites from years past when we kind of opened up and thought we were going to be a bakery. So okay. I didn't yeah. know that. So you thought you were going to be a bakery and you morphed into... A, a restaurant. <laughs> a, a full-on breakfast, lunch, and dinner yeah, restaurant. Right. With a full bar. Yeah, that happened along the way. But Okay, yeah. Well, that, uh, Sunny Point is just a huge success story in this town. Congratulations. My mom and I are here at Rabbit Hole, which is right behind Sunny Point. And the decor is amazing. The food so far, we've eaten like ten, five selections from yeah, your dairy, yeah. your pastry case. Amazing. Thanks. Your almond croissant is challenging. My mother's other favorite almond <laughs> croissant to be her favorite right now. And you offered us one of your favorite treats. Do you mind telling us about that one? Yeah, I. Uh, we used to make, it was a family thing. My aunt used to make it a cream cheese coffee cake recipe. And we would make it every once in a while in the restaurant. And I made it for my mother the other day. And she was like, you've got to put that on the menu. So I was like, okay. So we put it on the menu and it'll be, I think it'll be on there all the time. It's just a staple of our family and kind of represents our food style, I think. I hope it stays on the menu. I feel like it could be your little signature dish over here. Like. Get the get the cream cheese, cheese coffee, coffee cake. cake and everything else. Right, right. Don't like, hold back. Start there and then get everything else. Yeah. And so, plenty of sweet pastries, plenty of breakfast pastries. What do you have for savories? We have a savory. We call it in the kitchen a gas station pinwheel because nice. it's going to be like with mustard and the sausage we serve, Snow Creek, wrapped up in the biscuit dough. Uh, we also have a couple quiches, and we'll probably be adding some things as we go. Okay. But that's just, we're keeping it small. Okay. Mighty, Start. but small. And that's how great things happen, <laughs> right, right? Like right. from from the tiny acorn grows the mighty right, oak. Right. And, um, and the decor, again, just so 
cute. I just can't describe it as anything yeah. but cute and perfect. You have outdoor seating. You have quasi-outdoor seating. You have, you have indoor a seating. that it sits over. You yeah. got a conference room, a party right. room that can be rented. Yep. A place for people who are waiting to eat at Sunny Point to yep. come, have coffee, sit, have a muffin while they wait. That's right. Yeah. need to fill them up. April, high five. Thank you. I'm wearing a glove, so that wasn't very slappy of a that's high five, okay, but that's but... my fault. But you <laughs> executed a perfect high Thank five, you. <laughs> and you've executed what looks like another perfect business plan here. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You don't need any good luck. You're an awesome business person. Uh, All right. We'll check in with you later. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, everybody, we're back in Food Fan Headquarters, and it's time for the Asheville Food and Beverage United Workers Report with Jen Hampton. Hey, Jen, how are you? Howdy, Stu. I'm doing pretty great. I hope you are. I am. Uh, I see that we're both wearing our AFBU merch. I've got my hoodie, and you've got your T-shirt with a lovely matching yellow cardigan. <laughs> yes, yes, my most recent favorite Goodwill purchase. Nice. That was great. Um, yeah. yeah, way to show solidarity with your with the workers by wearing this hoodie. Right Power on, man. Power to the people. Power to the people, Jen. All right, Jen. Well, speaking of that, last time we talked was right after the quote unquote Randy Tally rally in downtown <laughs> Asheville. Now, the that refers to the workers at Green Sage, which is a very popular cafe in Asheville, been around for a long, long time. Uh, they tried to unionize. And it was all going great. And then Randy put the kibosh on that or tried to with some union busting techniques. And since then, you say that there's an update. So why don't you give us the update? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, great uh, catch up there on what's happening. So we had the rally. Um, Randy wasn't very happy about that. Um, so he hired a union busting firm, a local firm, the same people who did the union busting for No Evil Foods and Highwire. So luckily for us, we have contacts with both of those groups of people. So they were able to help us. We had an inoculation meeting with the workers and went over. Um, we've got a union busting bingo card. And each time they use one of the usual tactics, because they always use the same tactics, they get a you know little mark there. So we're working on getting the bingo. Um, so we're, we're on to what they're up to. The workers are not falling for it at all. Um, so one of the techniques that or tactics that they used was trying to convince the workers that the Teamsters had actually paid us and their um, now fired general manager to organize them, which is absolutely untrue. Nobody paid us. We're doing this because we believe in the power of um, collective bargaining amongst the workers. Mm -hmm. So uh, they reached out to us and we had the inoculation meeting. They had to refile for an election because that was another tactic. Randy, you know, said, we don't think this is legitimate. We think they were coerced. So he had them resign. And a lot okay. of times that will, you know, get some workers to get scared and not do it. But this time, uh, about 80 percent of the workers, there was only two who didn't sign, okay. signed and refiled. And their election is March 30th. Okay. All right. So another democratic election among the workers. They are all mm -hmm. taking a risk by doing this. So I commend them for doing that. And um, 
I, I maybe I'm going to try to get Randy on here to give his point of view, I guess, because I feel like asking you, why is Randy so afraid of unions? But you can't get into his mind. Mm-hmm. I can't get into his mind. And last time we spoke, we spoke in more general terms of why why companies might be afraid of unions. And if you don't right. mind, just hit those bullet points for us real quick. Yeah. Why, why would a company be afraid to let a 10 person staff unionize? Because I think that they are afraid that they will lose power over their own company, which is, you know, not not the case. The workers just want power over what affects their day to day lives in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, So and they want to make the company better. And I think that a lot of owners have really bought into the way that we have been educated or not educated down here in the South about what unions are. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's probably heard all of his life that unions will run you out of business because Mm. they demand too much, you know, but Mm. that's not always the case. We are taking the approach that we just, we want these businesses to thrive. We want our workplaces to be better um, for all of us so that Mm. we can all thrive together. So I think that that just comes down to it is they're, they're afraid of losing power and control over their businesses and and they're afraid it will cost them more money. And those are understandable concerns, Mm -hmm. you know, like anybody who owns a business has those two concerns at all times. And so uh, I think maybe the the magic trick is to get together and make sure that everybody understands everybody else's concerns and that everybody has a life to live, right? Mm -hmm. The workers have a life to live, the owners do too. And we just want to live our lives and not and not be, um, you know, like workers just don't want to have their lives revolve around the job. And I mean, some people will enjoy their job that much, even if they're not an owner and that's fine too. But um, you know, owners are sometimes more happy than not to have their whole lives revolve around their job. And that's fine. They're an owner, Mm -hmm. but the workers want to have their own lives outside of the job, you know? And so that's mostly what workers want is from my point of view, maybe you can correct me on this, but it seems like they just want the quality of the job to enhance the quality of their lives outside of the job by offering them a decent wage and Mm -hmm. some, a a non mysterious um, schedule. Is that, that's a weird way to put that, but especially in the food business, the schedule can come out the day that you're scheduled to be there and you have no idea, oh, am I going to work this Monday? I won't know until the schedule comes out. And that's really not a great way to live. So anyways, I don't mean to take up all the air in the room, Jen, but thank you for that update on the Green Sage situation. And uh, you also, and please keep us updated as things progress. And you also mentioned to me that you all have some events coming up. So what you got going on? We do. We have some fun events coming up as well as some educational opportunities. Um, as usual, we have links to everything in our link tree, um, linktr.ee slash avlfbu. And it has all the links to the things I'm going to tell you about. On Tuesday, we have the rescheduling of our Labor 101 um, presentation with Professor Getzwolf, and there's a lot of knowledge to be found in this one. Um, It's the history of labor. There's going to be a section about the history of the labor in the South specifically, and how unions work, what the government's role is, and what media's role is supposed to be and has been 
you know, in the way that they frame it and keep us informed or not informed. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a pretty interesting presentation. I've seen it once before and I very much enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be at the IBW Hall on New Leicester Highway at seven o'clock this coming Tuesday, March 7th. Fantastic. Um, after that, we have, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Okay. <laughs> um, after that, we've got the big industry market coming up, okay. which is on March 20th. It's nice. the Asheville industry market and it is featuring makers from the food service industry. All the vendors work in food service and there's a variety of crafts. We've got a leather worker, we have mushroom forager, we have back porch baking. Um, we have all kinds of textile crafts and stained art and just so many fascinating things. I can't wait for everybody to see this. That's going to be Monday, March 20th from 1 to 7 p.m. at Ben's Tune-Up, 195 Hilliard Avenue. And we also have some music and coffee and magic shows and all kinds of fun stuff. Coffee and magic. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. What an event. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we are further out going to be participating in an Earth Day event with a group of other leftist organizations in town. So I'm pretty excited about that. We'll keep you posted. And one last thing is a big training that's coming up through Labor Notes, um, which I went to their conference last summer and learned so much. Um, and it is a three-part training on three Mondays starting in March. <laughs> my state just left my brain there. I'm sure you saw that happen. There's but only it, four Mondays in March as far as I know, so they'll yeah. figure it out. I'm pretty sure it starts next Monday. Okay. But it's um, online, and it's three parts. It's the Secrets of a Successful Organizer. And I absolutely love this training series. It's great for beginning organizers. It's kind of geared towards unions, but the, the concepts are transferable to any type of organizing that you want to do. It's about beating apathy, building your dream team, and creating a campaign. So those three big issues have been a big part of our success because I went to that training at Labor Notes last summer and really learned a lot. So yeah. I encourage people to go to our link tree and, and sign up for that. That last one sounds really great. Uh, that sounds right? like anybody could benefit from that, um, mm -hmm. like motivational type of uh, and instructional type of video. So that's or is it a video um, presentation? No, it's a Zoom presentation. Okay. So it'll be you know like they they do a presentation and then you go into breakout groups and you practice what you've learned with each other. Great. That sounds mm -hmm. great. Well, thanks for the report on uh, what you got going on, what's coming up, and people definitely check out their link tree uh, to keep up on all that stuff. And now, Jen, let's talk about something that's kind of like in the news right now in Asheville, and that is an article came out in on a website called avlwatchdog.org, mm -hmm. and it was it had the atrocious title of like down i can't quote the whole thing but downtown Asheville descends into squalor and lawlessness and um and then there were a lot of quotes in there from different business owners downtown talking about crime violence vagrancy vandalism um not feeling safe not being safe being attacked on the streets and things like that and uh, the the article offered no solutions, but it um, implored city council to listen. Mm 
And mm-hmm. it also announced that there was a meeting happening. And when I read the article, it was ha- the meeting was the very next day. And so, and, and in the article, it said that the meeting was open to the public. And the meeting was hosted by the Chamber of Commerce. And invited to the meeting were city council and the TDA, downtown merchants, and and the article said the public, but when we got there, that wasn't quite the case. Um, the article either misreported or <laughs> manipulated one or the other because um, there was a, a list. And if you weren't on the list, you were SOL. And there was plenty of standing room inside because uh, the watchdog did videotape it and streamed it. So I really uh, am grateful to the watchdog for all of that. And um so what it was, was one worker after another got up and told a harrowing story. And they were people I knew in like in my personal life. I was like, oh, there's my friend uh, works at the wedge. Oh, there's my friend who works at Kurate. Uh, and of course, there's Katie Button, uh, the CEO, executive chef of uh, Kurate, the biggest restaurant in town. Um, or the most popular, I'd say, or most well-known. So... Uh, all these stories and i'm like what's the point of this what's happening and then at the very end the guy the head of the chamber of commerce stood up and he proposed directly to city council sitting in the front row and the tda in the second row um let's form a business improvement district a bid now let's break it down another form of bid what is a business improvement district uh jen did you i had to read up on it did you happen to read up on it or shall i take no, i have not read up on what that is i saw the language and i thought what does that mean it sounds rather ominous but you know i'll wait to find out <laughs> right to us uh to me it all punk rocker that does sound ominous right <laughs> and it has ominous connotations there are pros and cons there mm-hmm. are what it is, is essentially a, a section of a city is defined. And in this case, downtown, it's been proposed for the RAD and West Asheville as well. I should note that. Um, but in this case, downtown and the, the business is the businesses in downtown. And it's a little unclear if it would be the, the building owners or the business owners would pay an extra tax, like their taxes would go up. And they would be levy. It would be sometimes called a levy. Sometimes it's called a tax. And Mm -hmm. that extra money would be collected and used. And the people who pay that money have control over what to do with that money. So the businesses and landowners downtown control that money. And it would be used to enhance security and uh, street cleaning. And sometimes it's been used in, in other cities to hire people who are called ambassadors and they just walk around mm. downtown, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, the article said they, the thing I read said they mostly end up picking up trash after a while, which is a, a good plus. And actually that wasn't an article. That was a comment that somebody made um, where, and they had lived in a BID in another city. There are over a thousand of these BIDs in America. And mostly most big cities have one or more. And the state of Wisconsin has the most with 25 BIDs and they have even started them in smaller towns. And so the pros of that more security, cleaner streets, uh, the workers feel safer walking home was the whole point of this meeting that I attended Uh, and more, more money, more money, more money because the tourists feel uh, safer as well. And, and importantly, I should say in Asheville, 
the people who live in and around Asheville will feel better coming back downtown because that has become a whole separate issue where the people who live here have grown to disdain downtown with a, with a red hot passion in some cases. Mm-hmm. I love downtown and I lived in Chicago and Boston, so I've seen a lot worse, but it ain't great in downtown. Mm-hmm. I've seen downtown be a lot better. Um, yeah. So those I are the- right downtown it's it's gotten bad over the past couple years that past two years that's what everybody's mm-hmm. saying ever since 2020 basically when there was a glitch in the matrix and everything changed um and yeah and so those are the pros the cons uh private security force that's a scary sentence for a lot of people you know uh yeah unaccountability has been pointed to in other countries. They're super popular in England and in England, there's a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, so we, we will probably do it differently than they do it over there. Cause it's kind of messed up over there. But, um, and then uh, also the, the treatment of unhoused people also comes under scrutiny under a BID because I guess, it's like a big broom to sweep them out, you know, and yep. sweep, sweep them to where is the question, but, um, and how, how are they treated and who are they and what do they really need out of society that society's not providing them. And so, all right, that was me talking a lot, Jen, let's hand it over to you. You live in downtown, you work in downtown. How do you feel about this BID? And I know I just sprung it on you, so your feelings are probably fresh. But Yeah, no, sometimes that's the best. Um, like I said, it sounds ominous. Um, I live downtown, and when I first moved down here, it was summer of 2019, so I didn't get much enjoyment out of it, you know. Mm. But I was able to walk around downtown at night and go, you know, to the music hall or the funk jam and feel fine walking over to Market Street in Woodfin, you know, at two in the morning, mm-hmm. but now, uh, and, and I would walk home from work when it was nice out. I work, you know, at Ben's Tuna, but last summer, somebody pulled a knife on me right outside my apartment door, that, uh, you know, building. And it was terrifying. And I was like, Oh, wow. You know, things have gotten really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's needles all over the place there. I have also seen l- plenty of human waste, even in, in the stairwell to my building. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's awful, you know, you, you mm-hmm. just feel kind of like stuck because you can't go out and enjoy the city. Um, ah, and that's why you live in the city. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I understand wanting the extra security and it seems it would probably be effective in keeping the crime down and keeping the, the mentally ill people and, you know, drug users from just, being so prolific all around downtown. But then what about the human cost? You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't foresee them taking a compassionate approach with our unhoused neighbors. I don't, I don't see how they would, would do that unless it was a fundamental part of the arrangement. Um, But I don't, it it should be. It needs to be. I have not spoken to anybody in Asheville that thinks that you can solve the unhoused and the vagrancy problem. They're they're kind of two separate things was one of the points made at this uh, meeting. Uh, They seem the same sometimes because there's a lot of gray area, 
but um, nobody thinks that we can solve those problems with policing alone. No. Um, that we need social services. Now, a, com- a comment that's been repeated over and over, I posted about this in wax and uh, on my own pages and stuff on Facebook. And a lot of the comments are, um, oh gosh, now I lost my train of thought, Jen. Um, (laughs) Oh, I know the people are saying like an extra tax on the landowners and businesses downtown. What about the TDA? That's exactly what I was just thinking. Boom. Mm-hmm. Why should anybody in Asheville pay one extra dime in taxes to pay for policing with accountability because they're public servants, more street cleaners, ambassadors? Mm-hmm. Why those should all come under the purview of the TDA's actual budget, not their lift budget, which we're hoping they'll spend on housing. Um but man, they got money. They're spending it on Super Bowl ads when we have, get this, Jen, I don't know if you read the article, two police officers who patrol downtown and Biltmore Village every day. Two. Yeah, I hardly ever see any cops downtown anymore. Never. They just vacated, basically. Unless yeah. there's a rally going on. They were sure there at our Green Sage rally, yeah. you know. <laughs> um. And here's the thing is before anybody starts crying, hey, Asheville, you said defund the police and now you're crying because they ain't around. Um, Defund the police. We all agree. Not a great label for what we were trying to talk about, because there has to be some middle ground between killing innocent people and lawlessness. Right. Right. Like the police, we were protesting and uh, wanting to change police brutality, which is still out of control haven't changed a bit since 2020 um but that wasn't saying we want anarchy in the streets it's there has to be some middle ground there has to be and Asheville can do it especially because we have millions and millions of dollars in the bank in the tda's account yep yeah it can be done you know we wouldn't even have to and that's that you know that's a great point defund the police always stumped me too you know because it doesn't sound good. You know, we're not trying to get rid of the police. We're just trying to reallocate some of their funding into services that we don't want them to have to deal with. We don't want the cops to have to deal with, you know, mentally unwell people because that's not what they're trained to do. You know, they can protect the the safety of the the social workers that go to -hmm. take care of these people. But it's, yeah, there has to be a middle ground. It's, and the slogan, I think, really caught a lot of feelings for people because they didn't do the work of researching and digging into what the policy requests were from the people mm-hmm. who were saying defund the police. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just gotten so misconstrued. And I feel like, you know, few things could happen. We could have open public conversations about this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bring in the other side, not just us. Let's talk mm-hmm. to the other side and find the common ground and understand that we want the same things. We're mm-hmm. just you know, in a filter bubble, everybody is. So we don't always see the same information. Um, and aside from that, the TDA absolutely has all kinds of interest in doing this mm-hmm. in, in helping with affordable housing and the lift fund. And then also doing something about hire, you know, hiring people to clean up downtown. Like you said, we have plenty of people who would want to do that for, you know, the city pays at least $15 an hour. 
um, isn't great, but it's pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the ambassadors too. So I think if we did all of those things, if we put resources into com- having communications and open dialogues with um, each side of the issues, if we put money into funding social services for the community, you know, we staff the, the, the mental health facilities because that's a big issue. Huge. The free clinics that people can go to for help are so underfunded mm-hmm. that they can't serve. They cannot possibly serve all the people who need them. Right. Um, you know, we have shelter space. They could, they could put funding into opening up the shelter over there on tunnel road. That used to be the, the days in, exactly. you know, they, they do all of these things and right. hardly even make a dent in their fat budget. It's true, Jen. Oh, man, this is uh, this is the topic of the year is the TDA, the condition of downtown. And if the TDA doesn't think that it affects tourism, they are fooling themselves. I am a food tour guide, meaning I walk through downtown with two to 14 people walking behind me that are from, they come here from everywhere from Hendersonville to Hawaii, you know, and uh, not to be cheesy and use alliteration, but, um, and, and when we're stepping over passed out people in the street and we're trying not to look at a puddle of vomit as we're about to go get another bite of food, uh, the tourists notice that and Mm -hmm. they will go back to Idaho, wherever they came here from. And they will be like, you should have seen the state of downtown Asheville. And I don't care how many Super Bowl ads the TDA wastes our money on. That kind of word of mouth is death to the tourist industry here. And the kind of article that came out from AVL Watchdog, death to the tourist industry here. And I work with tourists. I don't want death to the tourist industry. I want a thriving town that is compassionate to the unhoused people that is tough on crime that has a well-paid police force that can accommodate what's going on downtown and that yeah has street cleaning and ambassadors too i think those are important concepts and i think we can do it democratically with our Mm -hmm. own tax dollars without having to levy the business and landowners downtown and then give them more power because one of the other criticisms of a BID is that the power rises to the top until all the small businesses are squeezed out of the BID and what you have is nothing but big box. And that's, yep. that's not what we want in Nashville at all. It is not what we want in Nashville. No, sir. All right, Jen, we don't have time to talk about food. Uh, we talked a lot about workers. I usually ask you to shout out something, but let's just say back porch baking, best That's vegan sweets. Yes. Yep. <laughs> best vegan sweets in town? Best vegan sweets ever. Not ever. even just in town, ever that I've ever had. You would never know they're vegan. You, can, you don't miss the dairy. It's amazing. There, if if people are sensing an extra happy vibe in Asheville, it's because all the vegans are so pumped about <laughs> back porch and yeah. the non the non vegans like myself, we love them too. I had I've mm-hmm. had many of or not many. I need to have more, but I've had a few of her treats at Session Cafe and they were great. Yep. All right, Jen. As always, power to the people. Uh, the workers right. run this world, and we uh, we appreciate you for everything you do. Thanks, Stu. We appreciate you too, buddy. Take care. We are going to spread the power of workplace democracy across the city of Asheville. This is just the beginning. 
All right, y'all, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I just wanted to say that my mom and I, we ate about seven of the things at Rabbit Hole, including an amazing blueberry sour cream uh, coffee cake that I think is going to be their signature dish because everybody's going to fall in love with it. And also want to shout out the almond croissant, which was pretty much to die for. But all of the things we had, muffins, scones, a piece of... Uh, quiche and coffee and it was all great so yeah thank you again to, for being there rabbit hole it was excellent and uh thank you for listening and thanks for my um guests for being here and talking to me and thank you wpvm the progressive voice of the mountains here in western north carolina Asheville, food city usa for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast i think that's pretty cool and uh, thank, uh, if follow me online, please, on all the social media platforms, except for Twitter. I dropped that one, but then I picked up TikTok. So now you can follow me on TikTok. And my handle on all of them is Stu Helm Food Fan. And you can add a .com to that to find my website. And you can also sign up for my newsletter in Substack. So please do all of that. And if you eat something good, find one of my social media platforms leave me a comment or send me a message and let me know about it. All right, folks, take care. Peace out. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.